Welcome to the Bermagui Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Here you'll find the recording of messages from our weekly gatherings. We pray you'll be challenged and encouraged by today's message. Keep praying for the people of Ukraine. It's, um, it's, it's pretty crazy over there, um, as many of you probably have been seeing in the news. Um, and the fact is, you know, it's a very volatile situation, um, you know, and as, as Susan did, you know, continue to pray for our world leaders because the fact is this could escalate very quickly if it chose to, but the fact is we serve a God that's bigger. You know, 1 John 4, 4, you know, speaks about, you know, the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. So constantly keep that as a reminder, you know, even if this world does go to absolute heck, the beauty of the God we serve is that he's got it. He's in control. And at the end of all things, <laughs> we know where we're going. So what I wanted to do today, just is, it is a fairly short little message actually, is just to sort of wrap up, I guess, what I have been doing over the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I started in February, but sort of drifted into March now, of just, I guess, speaking around this, this focus that I've put into the newsletter. So this, this focus for 2022, based around this word of renewal. And that, that we need to not only be, you know, renewed individually, but as a church, we need to be renewed. And, 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 and that idea of renewal is that, you know, there, there's a restarting. There's a, there's a process of when things, they, they, they pause or they, or they fade, but we need to get renewed. And I believe as a church, we are coming into a season that as a church, we, we need to allow ourselves and, and, and be open to those opportunities to be renewed in our ministry, you know, to each other as believers and as, as the body of Christ, but also in our ministry to our community. So I put down three main points in that, in that focus, which was you know, renewal of prayer and worship, renewal of biblical knowledge, and renewal of community engagement. And I, I shared a whole message around that idea of renewal of prayer and worship and just, just the importance that prayer and worship has, not only in our individual lives, but in the life of the church, and just how it does connect us to God. And as a church, you know, as we, as we do, just open ourselves up and, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. You know, as we pray and as we do spend time in worship, and worship isn't just the songs we sing, but it's just having that attitude and the mindset of focused on God that lets us be renewed to be more like Him, to be more aware of His leadings and His, His, His work in our lives. You know, I want to see a church that, you know, not just prays when we sit down and have prayer together in the service, but in and around the service, you know, before and after the service. If someone sort of says, oh, I'm having some struggles with this, whoever they're talking to goes, well, hey, let's pray. I want to see a church that, you know, when they're just gathering and, and doing life, that when that opportunity presents themselves, you know, someone's talking about an issue or, or something like that or, you know, whatever the case might be, whatever that opportunity is, but when we see it, that we go, oh, hey, can I pray for you? Let's let prayer and worship shape our lives. And the more time we spend in the presence of God, the more we become like him and being renewed into his likeness, we become his hands and feet to those around us. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5, I think, just sort of addresses this, this attitude so well. Yeah, this is 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 14 to 17. It says, brothers and sisters, we urge you 
to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You know, when I read that, I just hear, you know, well, that's, that's what a, a lifestyle and, and, and being renewed in our prayer and our worship will do. It just makes us aware and makes us, you know, when we need to bring correction to each other, we do that. You know, if someone's you know, going a bit astray, we still say, hey, come on, let's, let's, let's get going better. Or when people are timid and fearful, we go, oh, yeah, let, let's gather around them. Let's, let's, let's really support them and make sure they're, they're, they're feeling that they've got the, the love and the support of, of Christ around them. Always be joyful, never stop praying, and be thankful in all circumstances. And that's why you know, I want to start to, to allow time for testimony, whether it's a testimony of a video or there's people up here. You know, I encouraged Sarah the other day when she opened the service, I said, hey, if you've got a testimony, share it. And I want to actually allow time within the service that if, if something's happened in your week, you know, catch me before the service and say, hey, can I share a testimony? Because I tell you what, when we start to do that, when we actually start to hear how God's operating in each of our lives, it stirs us up, doesn't it? So that's something I want to see start to happen a bit more in our church. Let's be humble enough and real enough with each other that you know, when we are needing it, that we put out a call for prayer. So whether it is just amongst your circle, your, your, your direct friends, or if you want the whole church to pray, send me a message and say, hey, can you send out a text to all the church to say, pray for this? I'll do that. I've got everyone's numbers. <laughs> when and if that need arises, you know, let's, let's make sure we pray for each other. Let's be a church that does really uphold each other. I love the fact that you know, we had the privilege of hosting that World Day of Prayer the other week. Yeah, and yeah, thank you to Marie and Susan for, for the work you put into that. But just I the. Say about that. Yeah. I wasn't here Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I've had a number of people say how beautiful, like their words, the morning was. So it's just a real encouragement because that's lovely. And I really needed prayer and prayed together about it. Yeah. No, that's so good. So good. And the fact is, yeah, when opportunities like that present themselves to do things like that, yeah, let's let's grab a hold of it, you know. And yeah, it's that's. That's what being the body of Christ is about. Yeah? And throughout the year, I, I want to look for opportunities. Like the fact is I'm already thinking with everything going on in the Ukraine, I wouldn't mind having a, a separate service to our regular Sunday service, whether it's a, an evening or an afternoon or something during the week, where we do just spend some time, a few worship songs, but just spend that time in prayer and just really praying over our world and, and, and over, over this, this conflict. Things like that. I want to, you know as opportunity, as need arises, that we actually be a church that goes, no, let's, let's spend some time and let's put some effort into it. Let's be renewed in our prayer and worship. The second point was, you know, renewal of biblical knowledge. And I made an example of that last week when I had the opportunity of inviting my friend Ben to come and share. 
And um, yeah, Ben's um, fairly fairly early in his ministry life in that sense. He's been a, a electrical engineer for for Snowy for for many years now, but he's slowly been stepping up as a, as an elder and now um, doing his ministry training at Cooma Baptist Church. And I thought, well, this is just a great opportunity for him to 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 practice these skills that he's starting to develop and things like that. But what it does as well for us as a fellowship, it it's not just my voice. The fact is, if all you hear was me, then you're just going to get, in a sense, a fairly narrow little channel of, of perspective and, and, and teaching on, on the Word. But when you invite others to sort of share, and that's why I love getting Barry up sometimes and then get Lynn up and things like that, and I want to actually sort of expand on that a little bit this year, that we, you know, when an opportunity presents, whether it's a, a visiting speaker or something like that, we do. We, we get them in here because that actually helps enrich our biblical knowledge because it's different perspective on it. I want to also you know, make sure that we encourage and stir up the gifts within our own fellowship. I believe there are people here, and that's why I was so glad Susan jumped up to share at the World Day of Prayer. It, it just sort of... It's, well, you got pushed into it by circumstance. <laughs> but things like that, I just go, no, God, you're going to stir up gifts. You're going to stir up opportunities for people to, to, to take a step out, to just share perspective. You know, it may not necessarily always be a sermon. Maybe over communion, I might ask people, say, hey, just come up and share that one thought. You know, maybe it's connected to that testimony that you've told me, but come up and share a verse and share a thought of what God's been speaking to you about. Because that's going to just continue to enrich us. It's going to continue to actually lift all of us up because we're stepping out into gifts and stepping out into the faith that God's given us. Now, as a church, we need to value sound biblical teaching. You know, it's something that I was, I guess, in my ministry training and that sort of thing was raised that, you know, no, it's got to be from Scripture. I'm not just going to get up here and just, just share a lovely thought. I'm going to share Scripture. I'm going to try and enrich in each, all of us through the Word of God. Because the fact is there is there's so much noise in our world and even within the church, sadly, there's... Yeah, scripture tells us that there's there's going to be wrong teachings. There's there's, there's going to be people that go off course with their with their ideas and their thoughts around it, and we've got to be cautious for that. And we've got to be a, a, a people that, when we start to hear that and go, oh, not sure if that quite lines up, that we can go, okay, where do, where is that in scripture? And we can actually start to back it up ourselves. Let's be like the church of the people of Berea in Acts. In Acts 17.11, you know, Paul and, and, and that were, were ministering, it says, And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalon- Th- Th- Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if what Paul and Silas were teaching were the truth, was the truth. You know, let's be a people. You know, don't, don't just take my word for it. If you hear me say something, you go, well, okay, I'm going to go home and have a look at that up. You know, love the fact that Chris takes some notes and digs into it and goes, okay, well, where's this really going? Where, how does this all connect? That's what enriching our biblical knowledge is about. And when we do that, it, it, it helps us stay on the right track. It helps us actually not be steered off by crazy thoughts or crazy teachings. Yeah, especially at the moment, you know, there's, there's a lot of 
global event happening, I guess. Yeah, we've had, had the pandemic and now we've got you know, this, this rising war in, the, in, in, in Europe. And you know, there's weight to some of the, the teachings around, you know, how does this line up with Scripture and the prophetic and things like that? You know, is, is any of this spoken of in Scripture in the sense of events to come? There's some, there's some basis to that, but at the same time, don't get so caught up in teachings that leads you down roads where you're actually losing track of what are we here for? doesn't matter what's happening in the world. We're here to be people of God in Bermagui to reach the community of Bermagui. If the world's going to pot, well, so be it. But let's just keep walking the path that God set before us. I love the fact that we've got KYB happening in this church. That many of our ladies here get together and they get into the scriptures each and every week. And one of the things I'd like to start to see happen over this year, and this is sort of building on, the, I guess, this focus for the year and the, the vision for the year, is that we actually do start to do some Bible studies as, as a church. So over and above our, our Sunday service, um, I'm not super keen on the idea of locking people in, in to sort of say, no, nope, you have to be at this Bible study every Wednesday for all the year and all that sort, all that sort of thing, because I know people, you know, they have travel plans, they have things like that. So what I'm thinking is that we're actually going to do just series so we might do a Bible study of the book of Romans or something like that. But it'll be over eight weeks. And it'll be set dates. Say, so, hey, we're going to start here. We're going to finish here. It means people can still make their plans. It means people can go, okay, yep, I can commit to that. And then, you know, if something else pops up later on, they, that, that can change. I love the idea of sharing that not only in our own home, but in other people's homes. That's the church I see. The final point I want to make is on that renewal of community engagement. You know, for those of you that know me and getting to know me better, you know, you know this is something that I'm, I'm quite passionate about. I want to see church not just being a church on the hill away from the community. I want church to be the centre of the community. I want church to be you know, missed. If we suddenly disappear, that the community goes, oh, heck, where the heck have all these people gone? And not just because of number, but because of our impact and our influence in the community. You know, my direct gifting, I, I don't believe I'm an evangelist by gifting. But at the same time, my heart is for people. My heart is to see the church connect with community in significant ways that the community is aware that there is an answer, that there is hope. You know? For me, I just go, you know, what's the point of having the answers to life and the answer of hope and genuine love and not look for opportunities to share those with those around me? Now, for me, when I say community engagement, you know, if you've been in church any length of time, you'll be aware of the word outreach. Oh, we should outreach. We should outreach to the community. The problem is, is that at times, sometimes that gives this impression that, you know, well, we're safe here, but we need to go out do something, present the gospel, and then we can come back to our safe spot. I don't believe that's what we're called to do. The Great Commission told us to go, and as we go, as we go into the world and be a part of the world, we preach the gospel. This isn't, you know, our, our safe spice or our, or our refuge. This is just where we gather. To engage the community is not just about 
trying to pull them in here into our safe zone. It's not about moving people. That's God's job. We're called to go and build connections with them so that they can journey towards God and not towards the church. It's not just about bringing people into the church. Obviously, that's, that's part of the process and we do pray that they do join our church and join our fellowship and that sort of thing. But it's more about them joining God, connecting with God. Now, the church doesn't save people. God does. And the best example I have for this, and all we're going to do is just read through this and then I've got some very simple little just remarks to make. But we're going to read about Paul when he was ministering in Athens. So if you're familiar with the book of Acts, this is Acts chapter 17. So if you do have Bibles, I encourage you to sort of read along with me. But I've got three sort of little points I want you to sort of catch a hold of and I'll ask you at the end, okay, how did he do this one? How did he do this one? So the first one is, where did he meet with the people? Where did he actually go? How did he actually get this opportunity to connect with the community of Athens? What did he use? Because the fact is, you know, we could go down to the street corner and start to read from the Bible, but is that really going to connect with our community? No. We've got to find a a mutual ground or some sort of connective point that our community actually starts to go, oh, actually, maybe this is worth listening to. Maybe this is worth giving some, some effort into. So what was Paul's connection point? And at the end of his message, how was it received? How was he received? How was his message received? So we're going to read Acts chapter 17, verses 16 to 34. So I'm reading from New Living Translation, so it might be slightly different to yours, but I hope it, hope it flows for you. So 17, chapter 17, verse 16 onwards. It says, While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. He went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. He also had a debate with some of the Epician and Stoic philosophers. When he told them about Jesus and his resurrection, they said, What's this babbler trying to say with these strange ideas he's picked up? Others said, he seems to be preaching about some foreign gods. Then they took him to the high council of the city. Come and tell us about this new teaching, they said. You are saying some rather strange things and we want to know what it's all about. It should be explained that at the, that all, that it should be explained that all the Athenians as well as the foreigners in Athens seem to spend all their time discussing the latest ideas. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as, uh, as follows. Men of Athens, I noticed that you were very religious in every way. For I was walking along and I saw your many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands cannot serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God, 
and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For him we live and move and exist, as some of your own prophets have said, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from God, silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who the who this is, by raising him from the dead. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said, we want to hear more about this later. That ended Paul's discussion with them. But some joined him and became believers. Among them was Dionymus, a member of the council, and a woman named Damaris and others with them. I don't know about you, but I struggle with some of the names and places and things like that. But so coming back to those questions, where did he meet the people? Yeah. So he started in the synagogue. Yeah, yeah. Went, went up to the, to the council, which was, um, in your, depending on your footnotes, it was the, um, the Agrippus, or like they actually know the place. They've actually, they reckon they found the location. It was called Mars Hill. And it was this big sort of amphitheater sort of location. So it is still there. And, and as it says in the scriptures there, you know, the, the, at that time, the people of Athens was all about philosophy and thought and exploring new ideas. So they love this idea of just having a good chat. But Paul captured that, didn't he? So his ministry style was always to go to the synagogue first. You know, Jesus commanded, no, go, go to the Jews first. So Paul always did that, even though he knew his ministry was to the, to the Gentiles. He would always start with the synagogue, but then he would always make sure he got into the marketplace. So whether it was a public square or the public forum, wherever it was, he tried to get out into the public. It wasn't just the synagogue. He'd start there because that was the instructions he was given. But if you read through Acts, you'll always find that he always ended up in the public sphere somehow, somewhere. So what was his connection point though? How did he connect the gospel to the people of Athens? The idols, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He paid attention to his surroundings. He actually took note of the community he was in. It says, yeah, in that, that first verse that he he was waiting in Athens, and he, he was actually quite amazed and, and troubled by the amount of um, idols and shrines that they had set up. Yeah. So for your community, as you walk around, let your eyes open up a little bit. What's, what is it in our community that's, that's, that's there that could be connection points? The beach. The beach. <laughs> yeah. Our environment. Yeah. The, the fact is this is a very environment-savvy, aware sort of community I'm, I'm picking up on. And the fact is we worship the Creator. 
Maybe that's a connection point. Yeah, the arts. Yep, creativity. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, you may not be an arty person, but the fact is, you can sort of talk about you know the fact that we're creative, creative beings. There's always going to be connection points, and I love this one. You know, I, I love this story because this this idea of you know you saw this shrine to the unknown god. It was like the it was like the people of Athens were just covering all the bases. They sort of they had a god for this and a god for this, and oh well, just in case, let's just have another one here for for for, for the leftovers, the, the 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 god of the miscellaneous. But I tell you what. In our world at the moment, I think a lot of people are sort of calling out to this unknown God, aren't they? I don't know about you, but the amount of people on my Facebook thread, you know, they're not all Christians, but the amount of people sharing, oh, pray for Ukraine, pray for Ukraine. And even back in my head, I'm going, who are you praying to? I know you. Who do you think you're praying to? <laughs> and a lot of those people, they're, they're praying to the universe. They're praying to this unknown, well, I don't know, but we, we know that the world needs help. We've got to pray, we've got to do something. They're praying to the unknown God, aren't they? And so in our community, in our world at the moment, we're just going, well, they're calling out to someone, anything, something. Maybe there's an opportunity there for us to say, hey, well, hey, can I tell you who I call out to? Can I tell you who I pray to? He's the God that's over and above all this. He's the God that's bigger than any of this. He's the God that gives me peace, even though there is no peace in our world. What's the connection point? And how was this message received at the end of that message? It was mixed, yeah. Yeah. The scripture tells us we're going to get that. Not not everyone's going to heed to it. Some people won't be ready for it. Others will be offended, offended by it. But the fact is there were people that said, I think I want to pay a bit more attention to this. I want to hear a bit more about this. And for me, I just go, well, I know I used to get quite upset when it came to you know, teaching around evangelism and things like that because there's always this pressure of, um, well, you know, you've got to save them. You've got to get, get them to that point where you can pray the prayer with them and, and get them saved and, and get them into the kingdom. Now, all good stuff. I'm not belittling that. But when it didn't happen, I used to beat myself up. I'm not seeing people saved. I'm not seeing people saved. But God gave me this revelation that just gave me absolute peace now in every circumstance, you know, whether I'm you know, ministering to someone or whether I'm actually praying with someone, things like that, is that any opportunity I have to speak about God, it's like laying out a footstone. So Paul, you know, saw this opportunity. Can I tell you about the unknown God? He laid out a footstone. And some of those people said, hey, I think I want to hear a little bit more about that. And I'm sure there was other conversations where he says, well, let me tell you about Jesus Christ, the man that actually came to redeem us. And he puts out that footstone. And some would have said, actually, yeah, I like the sound of that. Our job is just to give people that opportunity to draw closer to God. You know? The Holy Spirit's the one that's going to really stir their spirits. That's not our job. Our job is to lay the footstone out there. Lay the opportunity there. 
Let's be a church that engages our community, putting out those footstones. Yeah? And I know each of us have different things that we do, different groups, different connections to our community. Just say, all right, God, how can I use these opportunities for your kingdom? How can I use these, these, these relationships I've got, these connections I've got for your kingdom? You know, I love the fact that we've still got scripture in the school here. You know, and there's things I want to see renewed that we do. You know, because of COVID and everything else, we've had to pull up stumps on a, on a lot of things, but I don't mind the idea of you know, whether we start to do the cake stalls again. Just something simple, but it just puts us in the community and all of a sudden people go, oh, what's this for? What's this about? And all of a sudden you can start to share the story of what we're doing and who we are. You know, we had a great opportunity at the end of last year with the carols where we just wanted to do something, but it essentially turned into the community's carols because no one else was holding one. And, you know, I think it was actually almost God brought the wet weather across, which put us into the community hall in the heart of, community, of the community again. And we had quite a few visitors come along and things like that. So that's something I actually want to explore again for this year, whether we connect in with, with anyone in the community that wants to do it or we take the reins and we just run out a big carols event again. I don't know. One of the other things I want to look at as a church, this is sort of, I guess, the real seed of a new step for our church, is that I want to start another service. And it's a monthly service called Messy Church. And it is still a church service. It may not look like a regular church service, but it's an opportunity for people to connect with the community of Christ in a new and different way. And what it is, it's, it's more aimed at families and kids, but you do a lot of craft. Instead of having the pews out, we'll have tables and chairs around the tables and there'll be different craft setups but it'll be all based around a theme and so each time the kid moves to a table to do whatever the craft is on that table we'll have hopefully a leader there of some sort that will sort of say hey can I tell you this little story that connects to this craft and at the end of that little time of craft there'll be a bit of a message and a bit of a song that all sort of connects it in there's just a different way of connecting and drawing you know in a sense, it's one of those things that does encourage people to come into the to, to, our, to our venue, our, our property here. But it's just a different way, a new way of connecting with community. So I encourage you, you know, that focus thing will be in the newsletter each month, the focus for 2022. Don't just breeze over it. Read over it and go, well, okay, God, what are you renewing in my life? And what's being renewed in the church that I might be able to link with? You know, some of these things may not be for everyone. I know not everyone's up for, for doing kids' programs and things like that. But let's just be open to see where God's going to lead and guide us as a church. And they brought this blog and uh, 
And then after I've had tea, God reminded me, you know, don't forget how much you Oh, I really forgot that. <laughs> and so I, as I started to have it, um, I've had communion with the minister's wife, but they've left the bowl, you know, so I've already had communion when I was before. And I thought, but that I want you to be all that bowl. Thank you for that. You see, uh, the body of Christ 